When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Andrew, hit us with that Sift Spoil theme song for the week. This is Ground Control to Danny McBride. We really are afraid. And the Neomoths popping out people's backs. We found David down here with us. He's bad. You gotta get the claps in there for sure. Nicely done, Andrew. I'm always always ready to hear what the new theme song will be each and every week. Uh, I mispronounced Neomorphs. Did you hear me? Uh, I did. Neomorphs. The Neomorphs. <laughs> the Neomorphs. Uh, welcome to Sif Spoil. We're gonna spoil uh, Alien Covenant a little bit, chat about it. Theme song different every single week on the Sif Spoil because at least something should be a surprise. Uh, we will get into some deep spoilers, so if you haven't watched the movie yet, we recommend you stop here and wait till you've watched the movie to uh, do this with, with us. Also, we recommend you listen to the podcast proper conversation on Alien Covenant first, because we're not going to go back and repeat all that stuff. Yeah. So make sure you do them in order. Also, we're just going to jump around, go out of order, so you'll probably be really confused if you haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, so it works best if you have seen the movie. What are you looking at? Oh, I was being trying to be subtle. I figured thumbs up. Is that no, the anchor? Are... Same radio yeah, network think, thing? Yeah, I think that's anchor. Okay, awesome. So the movie starts off where you're on the ship of the Covenant. It's a colony ship that is heading to a planet uh, many, many uh, you know s- systems away from Earth. And it's uh, perfect. It's in that Goldilocks zone, perfect for uh, terraforming and you know creating a new colony out in space. And uh, I guess the movie starts off... Initially, with Guy Pierce awakening David, who is the original uh, android, mm-hmm. and he's going over this the philosophical implications of creating life when he doesn't know who who his own creator is, which plays into the movie later on. Yeah, where uh, uh, David decides to create his own form of life. So, can we just get this out of the way uh, right away? David created xenomorphs. Yeah, yep. and and here's the thing that this basically turned from. Alien to Terminator in some ways. Yeah. We are once again paying for our own creation of intelligent machines. Yeah. Is every sci-fi movie eventually going to be because we invented robots? Well, every (laughs) sci-fi film from the 80s, and this is just a sequel to it, so it has... (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Like I said in the podcast proper, normally I don't like, you know, origin stories Mm -hmm. for, like, because I thought it was terrifying the mystery of it. This was fascinating. Yeah, no, it's really good. Because it started off... They weren't xenomorphs. They were the neomorphs. Right. And well, yeah, they were the neomorphs. And uh, then over, you know, perfecting them, you know, over, you know, because uh, he was, I don't know That's... how he did it in that cave. Well, he found out. Own. He found out that the species of this creature is so adaptable genetically. Like yeah. that's its whole thing is that it's very genetically adaptable, and so he used that to create this creature uh, that we eventually know as the xenomorphs. Yeah. My- and the big spoiler for the movie, I guess, is that Numi Rapace's character who crash-landed with him, he says that she died in the crash, 
in the crash when in all reality he dissected her and used her body to create the xenomorphs yeah so figure it out i let's talk a little bit about the the civilization that we don't know a lot the about engineers? the engineers the engineers the engineers oh the engineers the engineers the, yeah, right. yep, yep. the architects uh, let's talk about the Arcaneers. Um, so uh, those are I'm the things on the side the of Arcaneers. Alan Arkin's head, by the way. The that Arcaneers. was actually going to be the original title for Prometheus, yeah. is Ar- Alien Engineers. Oh, well, if you Arcaneers. notice, every single one of these prequel movies, they're named after the ships. Yeah. So I guess uh, Alien Awakening, the next one, Awakening is going to be the name of the next ship, I Possibly. Guess. They yeah. already know the name for the next one? Alien Awakening. Oh, wow. Alien Awakening. So anyways, so this this race of people, I feel like that's one part where I want to know more. Like, I just, I want to know more about them and who they are. And because they're set up at the beginning of Prometheus, right? Uh, which I just recently rewatched as our creators. They are the ones who created us. And then we created synthetics and then synthetics created xenomorphs. It's like, yeah. it's this beautiful daisy chain of creation uh, that has happened. So, um I don't know. I'm really curious about them. But I loved seeing... Because they didn't even actually crash land. They actually came back in the spaceship, and the people were like, Yay, you're coming back. You're welcoming them. And then David was like, You shall all die, plague of locusts. Yeah, that was an insane scene. Yeah, Yeah, he just unleashes the bioorganism, and it just completely decimates the entire population. Which they kind of hinted at it by... I mean, obviously, there was a civilization there, and they were all... When like, they ran through there, mm-hmm. headed to the base, and you see all these corpses. Yeah, it reminded me of, like the Pompeii stuff, where yeah. people are like frozen Be- in time. Before we uh, get like too far into the storyline, you hit on something that I think is my favorite part about this movie. Um, so we we've got uh, we've got Guy Pierce's character, which was you know Scott, uh, Wayland. I keep saying Scott Wayland, not Scott Wayland, <laughs> just Wayland. Yeah. Um, and uh, we see this interaction between him and David, where. He is testing the depths of David's perception of of reality and of of culture and um, his ability to create because it's this thing that he wants uh, mm-hmm. to be able to do. And we hit this point where David makes, makes that astute observation that you mentioned that here he is. This is a character, uh, Guy Pierce or Wayland, who's in a constant search for his creator. Um, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yet – he has created this this being, right, that is, by David's estimations, superior to him. Yeah. And what this means for the rest of the movie is now David is on this mission. He's disappointed with his creator. He knows his creator and he's disappointed in him. Mm-hmm. And there's this, like, this subtle paradox about, you know, like, if we ever, you know, and, and this I, it bridges so many different types yeah. of thought. religion philosophy yeah. all that about stuff is if in you, here if you find this thing mm-hmm. that you search for that gives meaning to you uh will you will be will you be in awe mm-hmm. you know awestruck on your knees or will you be disappointed in what you find and do you want to pull back that veil right and so in david's case david you know sees this person who is his creator as weak and unworthy mm-hmm. and so this begets like the worst thing ever <laughs> because he creates this perfect organism that is just a killing machine and it's funny that his definition of perfection is death mm-hmm. because he spends so much time creating but his creations 
only purpose is to kill. Mm-hmm. That's all it does and spread its progeny to kill more. So it's this weird paradox, you know, that's so cool. Um, and I lo- that's my favorite part of the movie is we get to see this backstory. We get to find out that yeah. David literally is responsible for all this. David's a little messed up in the head. Can what we just say jerk. that? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Yeah. I love that scene with him and Walter where he where Walter is like realizing that David is a mess and yeah. and David's realizing that Walter is But David loves I love watching David watching Walter realize mm-hmm. that because David already knows. Yeah. You know, yeah. the look on his face is is terrifying. Yeah. I, I, the scene where David is trying to teach Walter how to play music, he's yeah. trying to see like are you like me? Mm-hmm. That's what that whole thing is about. You don't realize it at the time. It's just really confusing. You think initially, I thought David's just lonely. He's been here this whole time, but then I'm realizing, nope, he's testing him. Is what I that whole was thing is. half expecting when I watched David's interaction with him, the moment that I saw David cut his hair and trimmed himself up to make himself look like mm-hmm. Walter, when he put that flute up to him's mouth. And he put his hands down at the bottom. I was waiting for him to jam it up through his skull. Kill him I, then. W- I was expecting him to kill him and replace him well, then. And that's what I was talking about with the, the twist that it's actually uh, David on the ship and not Walter right. at the end. Uh, that, I don't know that you're... Continuity! <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this because I'm not yes. even sure what you're talking about. Uh, but um, but I, I, I don't think they could have really hidden that from us. Like... You don't think the so? second they were the same person, you knew this was the twist, right? Am I yeah. wrong in that? No, I, you're I, totally I, right. I feel no. like everybody yeah. knew that. And so I yep. feel like they didn't worry about hiding that. Um, but yet, at the end, they did do some things where I was like... Why, why disguise why, it now? Yeah, why are you pretending exactly. now? And we that's all know. my problem with that. Yeah, why are you pretending now? We all know. And, yeah. and my brain's going, wait a second, is it? Is it Walter? No, it can't be Walter. It's not Walter. And so... I don't know. It was a little weird the way they handled it, but uh, you know, I don't envy them because it's not really a, a story twist you can, you really know, shock the audience with. Yes, yeah. take someplace. So here's my continuity big problem with this movie, and it has to do with it being David on the ship. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So at the beginning of this movie, the uh, the ship, the Covenant, is hit by a solar flare. Yeah. And it damages the ship. And uh, I forget what the main character was. It uh, Daniels was her Daniels name. Daniels was her name. Yeah. Her husband, played by James Franco, dies. Horrifying. And that's that's the person we were talking about that is probably, I'm guessing, is in the pre- preview yeah, stuff. Because yeah. I was like, wow, James Franco with like a three-second role. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Way to collect that check. <laughs> right? Yeah. So he, um, yeah, in the minute, he's, because he's the captain of the ship. And that's why he, he dies. So they have to get his second in command is now the official captain. Right. Uh, who is Dr. Manhattan. And... Um, <laughs> So she's going through his things. So she's going through his things, and she finds a like a railroad spike. Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. Or it's what, a hand. It's, it's a handcrafted nail. Yeah, it's just a nail. nail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so she makes a necklace out of that. They made a big deal about her making a necklace out of it, yeah, right? They yeah, did. they focused on that. Fast forward to the end of this movie, where she's being attacked by David. She takes that nail and she shoves it up through his chin. Uh huh. And at the while he's fighting Walter there, he rips it out and he's it's, bleeding it's, profusely yeah. through this hole. Whenever it's technically David on that ship, he's looking up at all these monitors. There's no hole under his chin. And almost every scene 
from that point on has an angle him, uh, from an angle him from that angle where you're looking up at his chin so you're like oh maybe oh, it is walter <laughs> i just so, figure he could mask that somehow so i mean they had that he, skin stuff they were putting on the burn yeah but oh, you saw true, all yeah. that then why didn't he do it for all of his other face scars then well, well because those could be more i don't know so well, i was I, yeah. that's I, my other continuity thing go ahead go ahead finish. so i was i was it's one of those things where that's the kind of thing that drives me crazy so i have to sure. get online and look up stuff I I read some theories where that is Walter's body, but while it was off screen, David somehow uploaded his consciousness into oh, David's interesting. body. That's a theory that's going that around. I can see because instead of him, David cutting that off expl- his own that hand explains and then all changing my continuity problems. Yeah, that's also that would be very interesting for the next ones if there's some remnant of Walter in there that could yeah. fight with oh, him. Oh man, yeah, that could be interesting. See. After reading that, I'm like, if that is the case, then I like the movie more. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, forgiveness. Grace has happened. Yeah. Make, make that be the case, really. <laughs> Where <laughs> it's both Walter and David sharing the same host, and they're fighting for dominance of that. Right. You know. So if that's what they're going for, then yeah, I'm okay with that. But um, if it's not, then that continuity error is going to drive me bananas. <laughs> yeah, and tying into that continuity error is, is the the same thing that you talked about when he comes uh, when they're vacating and and uh, evacuating, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, Tennessee's coming down with the ship. There's that scene where Walter comes up and looks back. Sean put at, Walter in quotes. Yes, just in case. Yeah. You so see at that. that point, we know that's 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 your obvious giveaway. Oh wait, it's not Walter. He's you know, double checking everything. So that happened in seconds, right? Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, Walter, or you know, you mean Walter, uh, uh, as we're seeing him, it's Walter because he has the same facial scars from where he was cut during his fights with David, right? Yeah. Missing his hand. So, and then we find out later it's David. Well, in the, we're expected to believe that in those few seconds of distance that we didn't see, right? When the camera panned away, yeah. that David had time to chop off his own hand. Suit or uh, you know cauterize it, then make the exact same cuts and flesh damage that Walter experienced during his time. I'm going to put on Walter's clothes, and yeah, and so that's where this, and then uh, get rid of the wound under his chin. Okay, and now be Walter. So that's where it lends a lot of weight to this idea. I'm thinking that has to be the case now, because because the other thing that makes no sense is, like you said, since we already have had all this foreshadowing, why try to portray him as something else? Right? Yeah. Um. Why bother having to take the time to replicate the wounds that no one else knows about? Right. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. person who knew that he was damaged that way was David. Right. So why replicate those wounds when coming back? So I'm I'm thinking that there may be some serious I think, weight yeah. to this uploading of the consciousness to Walter's body. I just thought of something else, too. And it's, I don't know, it, it's very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. What if Walter chose to have David upload himself into him? Because that whole fight at the very end, Walter saying or David saying, "You have to choose between me or mm, them." Yeah. What if Walter unplugged from his neck and then? Because remember, David unplugged mm-hmm. that one thing from David because there have been upgrades, right? Which I thought was a great part of the movie. Mm-hmm. There have been upgrades since you. Um, what if uh, uh, Walter took out David and then willingly impl- implanted David into himself? He didn't. He didn't take anything out in that. In that scene, David put the flute straight through his neck and severed the the that well what David thought yeah. the connective the connective tissue between 
his yeah. his brain system. And he curled up into he, a ball. And he he was ripped like, it out like his eyes turned white and was like, mm-hmm. right? And then he yeah. drops and all the fluid from his body, his, his symbiont blood mm-hmm. is leaking out through that hole. Well, that split second scene, what we see is the hole is healing. It's closing up. Wolverine style, Deadpool style. So he was actually self-healing himself. So then Walter, when Walter shows up and he's like, wait a second, you're dead. He's like, there have been upgrades since you. So why didn't he, why didn't his face self-heal? I don't know. Because maybe David didn't heal. Maybe David can't heal, but Walter can. Well, I, listen, I, I, I'm glad you found that theory because that has to be right. Yeah. I think at this point. Yeah. Upload his own consciousness into Walter. That has to be it. That's interesting. Um, but so when we initially get onto uh, after the solar flare, I, I know we're going right back to the beginning. Um, Whatever you want to talk about, man, yeah. we can spoil anything. So they crash la- or uh, they had they find this other planet that uh, they did not. Uh, whenever they did the initial scan of the solar system, is way more habitable than the planet that they initially were going to, and it's way way closer. I mean, they said it was way more inhabitable, but man, they had like storms lasting months. That doesn't seem yeah. very inhabitable. Yeah. Well, their initial assessment was only uh, environmental. And yeah. so based off their environmental scans, they found oxygen and hydrogen percentages, right. atmospheric you know, accessibility. Water and that land. meant it was completely habitable. And they didn't have that detailed of data on the other planet. It wasn't until they got down there that they realized, oh, yeah. hey, yeah, it storms for months at a time here. <laughs> but that was the home of the Arcaneers. Yeah. The okay. Arcaneers. I looked it up. I was right. It's the engineers. engineers. So um, here's something else I just realized. So initially, whenever David and Numi Rapace's character land, they dock on the other section of that ship, mm-hmm. and that's where he unle- unleashes it. That means that after he does that, he has to intentionally crash land the ship after that. Because remember, he was crashed on the right. side of the mountain. Yeah. yeah. So he had to make it look like an accident. He's then. so evil. Like, <laughs> the level of diabolicalness to his plan for all of this, you know? Uh, so is... his plan was to wait. Yeah. He eventually, sent out that beacon, that signal or whatever. Yep, he made sure that that was eventually... on repeat. Ten years, he was just sitting there waiting. Or, or he wasn't sitting there. He was making xenomorphs. <laughs> Which right. was makes that conversation he has initially when he meets them in the uh, engineer's uh, facility, the temple there. Yeah. So much more chilling because he's talking to them and he's asking, you know, what's going on and how they got there. And they said that they were on a colonizing and he's ship. Like, he's like, and he's like, how many coloni- colonists? And they, it was like 2,000. Now that scene is three times more chilling because yeah. David's like interior, you know, his mind mm-hmm. is going crazy like a pinball machine yeah. with excitement about all the potential right. opportunities here to host these neomorphs. I loved the scene where the... Um... The neomorphs are the white ones, right? Yes. Where the where he's like talking about it being like a horse, and if you breathe on it, it'll be yours. And the neomorphs just like standing right yeah. in front oh, of him. God, yeah. And then uh, Billy Crudup's character, you know, takes Shoots him out it. or whatever. The but, pain that you see in David's face right there—it was incredible, like a parent. Yeah, it was amazing. And I think that's the that's the second you realize for sure he's he's yep. he, like something's yeah. going on. He's not, you know, the David. Of course, you kind of realize that even building through Prometheus. I was gonna, yeah. Yeah, well, kind of. I mean, he was straight up the villain in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He did, he, I mean, he deliberately on screen did many things to cause the death of many people. Right. And so, like, we knew that David was twisted then, but there was this, I, I don't know, there was this sense of maybe David realized the error of his ways, like he might have 
you know, realize he's right. responsible it, yeah. for everyone. So that's why he's saving this group. Right. You know, until uh, he starts asking questions, he starts cutting his hair, and you're like, okay, this is what he's been waiting for. Yeah. See, whenever I watched Prometheus initially, and I guess until I saw this movie, I found out or realized I was wrong. I thought that David was doing those things at the behest of Wayland. Right. So I thought that he was a puppet. Right. Uh, I think you're allowed to believe that. I think yeah. the movie lets you go the down intent. that road. Yeah. yeah. So after this and like knowing that this was David's intention all along and that he was the one making those, <laughs> those decisions, initially you don't see Xenomorphs for, I'd say, the first three-fourths of the movie. Yeah, three-quarters mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. Xenom- you see Neomorphs, the yeah. white ones. And I think they're even more terrifying than the xenomorphs are, honestly. Just because it was so small and terrifying in the beginning, and that the fact that it comes out of your back or you vomit well, it, just it out. Comes out it just wherever comes it out. Come it just out. finds a way out of your body. It just finds a way out of your body. Yeah. So, uh, somebody help me with the physics. Like, how like, how is this being growing that fast that inside of you? That has been a discussion about xenomorphs and neomorphs for, since the dawn of their since existence. The yeah, it movie. makes no sense to me. Like, yeah. it, it seems to it seems to go against the laws of thermodynamics. Like, yeah. it's, you, can't, you know, you can't create matter. You can't matter. ingest that amount to Yeah, create. there's just those little spores yeah. right. go in the ears, and then all of a sudden, you know, within, but, within what, 30 minutes? Within yeah. 15 minutes, probably. It's the size of a baby. Yeah. And then within a day, it's nine feet tall. Yeah. Like, so, where is that matter coming from? Yeah. You know? Well, in fairness, uh, this year, so once uh, original aliens take place, 2049? 2049. So, um... And this one takes place in 20... No, I thought this one took place 2104. in like 2104. 2104. 2104. Is, so this one, I think you're thinking 2149. 2149. Yeah. So, yeah, somewhere in there. But uh, last year... Uh, science allowed us to take uh, um, nanomolecules, okay, Uh and human tissue, and we've been able to fabricate, grow human ears uh, or human appendages Mm -hmm. uh, in the matter of of just days. So the idea behind this, you know what I mean, the technology Mm -hmm. uh, is so much more close to being real than we we fathom. Granted, we can't just ingest some spores and grow an entire being right an animate object but it lends some weight to this premise you know but you're right the scale it's just weird timing, to think how that would work like it, i think because, it just adds to the horror element of this being it's the what makes it so species. much more terrifying yeah, yeah is that it yeah. can adapt to your internals and yeah become that so um, any other specifics you guys wanted to go into or spoilers? Yeah, any other things you wanted to mention? So yeah, it turns out that David is the one at the end of the ship, and I don't. I knew it was David that whole time, but as soon as she started talking about the cabin, oh man, I, I just got chills. Yeah, because he he because he, he doesn't know about the cabin. He, yeah, he didn't know about the cabin, and then just the look on her face, and then he gets that smile on his face, and I'm like, oh, I knew oh, it was him, man. but oh, oh. yeah. And then he vomits. He vomits out the uh, the face embryos, hugger, face embryos, hugger, embryos. Yeah. and uh, yeah, to put them in the cryo chamber with the rest or the incubator. Excuse me. So with the rest that of those means humans. two of the they have to be queens. Those queen they have to be queen face huggers, right? Um, 
Do so, facehuggers have queens? Well, no. The facehuggers are a delivery mechanism. That's all they are. There it's are a creature. Queen, there are queen facehuggers. So. so the facehuggers' job is to implant or deliver. Right. I got the, that. Yeah. The, so and then they die after that. It's sort of like a bee. Yeah. Like you know, once it stings, the stinger rips out. Right. Once that biological organism is separated from the facehugger, it just cripples up and die like a spider. A terrifying horseshoe spider-like <laughs> monster. I'm terrified of horseshoe spiders. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, so. But with the facehugger embryos that he puts in there, I don't know that necessarily know that they have to be facehugger queens. I think that's part of their adaptive nature. Because no, here's the thing. Uh, xenomorphs are drones. They don't have reproductive organs. Only the queen oh, can lay right. the eggs. Yeah, you're right. So that one of those has to be one of those least. has to be a queen because they have to, you know, fill more eggs, which have more facehuggers to Im- to infect every single one of those. <sighs> So every those two have to be queen facehuggers for him to infect that entire colony. Wow. Or at least one of them does. <sighs> well, I guess we'll have to wait for Awakenings. Yep. Can you imagine 2,000 of those Robert things? De Niro and... Outside yeah, of the ADP environment. <laughs> Robin Williams. No, well, Robert De Niro. I was thinking of Aliens. Oh, Awakenings. <laughs> yeah, Robert De Niro. <laughs> but I'm awake. <laughs> Oh my god, it's gonna be good. Uh, the only other thing, I mean, we mentioned a little bit how like um, over the top the gore part of the horror was, or the B movie even ish. One of the last kills, and you mentioned the unnecessary nudity, those kind of things, yeah. and that comes down to one of the last kills. So we can specifically talk about that. Is there having sex in a shower? And that's when Why? they both, yeah, but it, exactly, like no point. Absolutely there's none. no point to it whatsoever, other than. Uh, you know, boobs. The other, well, B movie, and honestly, reminds, the boobs weren't that. I mean, the nudity part of it wasn't that big a part of it. It was it just wasn't, that they were in a shower. It reminded me of Goodwill Hunting when he's talking to the girl and he asks her if she wants to have caramels, and she's like, "Why that?" And he goes, "It's arbitrary. It's just as arbitrary as anything else." Is it drinking and coffee? Yeah, it's drinking coffee, <laughs> and that's what that scene reminded me of. It's like, why do they have to be naked having sex in a shower? It could have been just as arbitrary as they were reading books or any Playing other Yahtzee. activity. You know what I mean? But it, it, but I think the movie wanted to focus on that element of the horror nature of it. That is a horror trope. The idea that the, the bad guy will bad kill you or while you're having sex. Yeah, yeah, doing exactly. this thing. Yeah. So that, you know, it's a classic horror you. trope. So and they, and they tried to have a classic back? image of like the xenomorph tail coming <laughs> the tail under coming their legs up, yeah. or whatever. That was the only practical effect for the creatures in the entire movie. Really? That tail. Oh, wow. Everything else was CGI. Here's what really makes me mad because I watched the making of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what they did is they made full-size practical effects for this for these creatures. But then they handed them over to the CGI department so that they could render them for the CGI. They made the practical effects so they could be rendered in CGI. That's, did you did you think the CG was bad though? It was. I just it's so uncanny. You just wanted it to be only practical. one scene. One scene was terribly obviously bad. It was really beyond. which one was it? I, I, uh, it right was after, so obvious I missed it. <laughs> right after the backburster bursts out uh-huh, of him, yeah, yeah, his whole body becomes liquid and falls backwards over itself. And oh, it was okay. the worst it was one of the worst CG scenes I've seen in a long time. I'm talking about just he the turns into a mortal in general yeah. was uncanny valley. Because I'm so used to, you know, the practical effects of it all. Yeah, that's what made the original alien um when when we finally got a full shot of a xenomorph, okay? Um, and its movement is a person in a suit, okay? And they've got this articulating tail that's being controlled. It's freaky because the movement is just so, you know? Mm -hmm. It's human enough. But that wasn't here. 
No. Okay. In this movie, what we've got is we've got, they created these practical effects of the suits, right? And these things. And then we've had them mocapped and digitized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once you mocap it and digitize it, it, it creates this semi robotic. It, it's just not as fluid, no matter how hard you try. Yeah. In Alien 1 and 2, it was a guy in a suit. And I think in Alien 3, was stop motion like a something i don't remember i know yeah. that i know the practical effect of the suit for the first two because i watched you know the in-depth uh making ofs on that and it was fantastic because yeah, hr geiger is a genius and i just wish that there were more practical effects implemented that's yeah. what I i'm a practical effect nut that's my thing i yeah. love them see Even i just i just want i just love. don't want to be taken out of the movie that's I don't, my thing i don't care if it's cg i don't care if it's practical if, if it takes CG me out can of the be movie done well enough to do that then i agree but i'm telling you practical effects can take me out of a movie too if they're not done well like i'm be like oh that's obviously a guy in a suit well oh, that doesn't yeah, help you know true. what i mean like like if we did planet of the apes right in all practical effects yeah well, so good they did good point <laughs> So I, I think I think some, and I get that there are things you can do with practical effects that you still can't do necessarily with CG. But um, at the end of the day, I just don't want to be taken out of the movie because I can tell it's fake. That's that's what we're going for. Anything so, else you guys want to so chat out there? After hearing that theory about David at the end, like, yeah. him, does that make you appreciate the movie a little bit more? Like, yeah, yeah, okay. I think so. So, all right. Yeah, and I think I think they'll they'll touch. I mean, I still don't think it's. It still would be an okay. Maybe it maybe it had just crossed over into the barely liked it, but yeah. Um, I ended up giving it like a B minus. So That's I think I'd still be right around for there. an alien movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I, I think from I gave, where they've ended up, I, I think gave that Prometheus they're... a C plus. I don't so. think I don't think the films themselves lend themselves to being in the territory of being an A movie. Uh, they're there's there's some inherent flaws designed in these movies, you know. Yeah, yeah but I think I, Aliens is a B plus A minus. Like that's a, that's a yeah, really, uh, well done movie. really good movie. A plus. It's <laughs> because he's got an affection. <laughs> no, I get it totally. Yeah, I totally understand. No, it's one of the greatest action movies of all time, and uh, I would care about every single one of those characters. Uh, the implementation of the actual Queen Alien, you know, because it's the first time mm. we'd ever seen it. Mm, the so greatest good. sci-fi line of all time, you know, get away from her UB and just mm-hmm. that fight at the end. I had, I was on my feet first time I saw it. I'm like, let's do this. And- I was watching, because uh, they were showing it before we went into the movie, uh, Aliens was on, and it was the scene, the knife. The knife scene? The knife on <laughs> the hand scene. <laughs> but it looks so fake. It was like you could tell, like when they sped up the film. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, they had to do that, you know. No, back I then. know, I know, I know. But some of that stuff just doesn't necessarily hold up. But R.I.P.B.P. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention in spoilers? No, it's good. It's good. Watch it if you're a fan of the franchise. It's see, one that's of the what betters. I think, and I even said that in my review. Even even though I didn't enjoy it, if you are, if you love Alien, especially when it comes down to some of the stuff I didn't like about the horror, like the gore stuff. A lot of people, that's what they love in the movie. Yeah. And if that's what you love, my goodness, you're going to have a great time at this movie. But it just, it wasn't necessarily for me. I, I, I'm I sorry you. if you wanted to wrap this up, but I just thought of something that could lead us down another discussion. Hey, for take, where, take it away, man. For where this has to lead in the future. So in Alien 1, with the, you know, the Sigourney Weaver one, that was an engineer ship that they were on, but it was full of xenomorph eggs. So how did David get did that does that mean that David had to go back fill that engineer ship up with eggs and then send it off on its own? Because that Something like that, yeah. So that's a continuity thing that is going to have to be addressed cuz how did he get all of those xenomorph eggs on that engineer ship? 
I just hope we eventually get in the the final prequel or whatever, like the Princess Leia in Force or in a Rogue One moment, where it just like directly goes in to you know Alien One or whatever. You know, yeah, like, that'd yeah. be pretty cool. I so. like to tie it all together. Mm-hmm. Hope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll use the word hope in this one. Alien death. death. Alien blood. All right, uh, check back next week. We should be talking spoilers, probably more on Pirates, although maybe Baywatch, I don't know. Um, I want to see this so bad. I'd rather, just me, I would uh-huh. rather review Baywatch than Pirates. I think we'll review them both, actually. Yeah. Since okay. they since they come out, since Baywatch is actually out Wednesday night, yeah. and Pirates is Thursday night, Like I think we'll have time to see them, so we'll probably talk about them both. Okay. And then just not do like a Best Ever Challenge or something like that. But whatever the case, we'll be back talking spoilers next week. Thanks for uh, checking it out. Bye. Bye, guys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.